a message for liberals and the mainstream media. You can't handle the truth! So, buckle up, snowflakes, because we're about to deliver the politically direct best in conservative commentary, news, and investigative reports. We're telling the truth, and we're not gonna stop. Okay, liberals, back under the bridge with the rest of your fellow trolls, and oh yeah, Thanks for listening to Right Side Patriots. They are special, special people on RSPRadio1.com. Welcome to Right Side Patriots on RSPRadio1.com. Craig Andreessen at the National Patriot. Diane Sori right over there at the Patriot Factor. It's Friday night, 29th of September. Welcome to it. Hello, Diane. Hello, Craig, and how are you today? I'm good. I'm good. It's Friday. Come on. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> Fridays are always a good thing. Yes, they are. You know, we got to start off um, by telling people if they had Mitch McConnell in the Capitol Hill assisted living next to cash out pool, they lost. That's true. Diane Feinstein quit fogging a mirror. Well, I don't speak ill of the dead. I don't no either. I just tell the truth. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no matter who it is, I mean, we know what she was as far as politically, but I'm not oh. going to go around um, saying anything about someone who just died. You know, we, we know what she was politically, but apparently the mainstream media has no idea because they're out there today calling her a centrist. Yeah, yeah, some centrist, right? I mean, that's kind of like calling the Donner Party vegetarians. True. <laughs> and she was she, a liberal's liberal. Yeah, she was bad, you know, politically, but I know nothing about her personal life. She, you know, had a family. She had kids. I, I don't speak ill of the dead i didn't you know even when real overt absolutely disgusting people have passed i i just don't play into that well we still don't know the exact cause of death but she was ailing for a long time yeah i would assume a stroke or her heart stopped or just simply old age could be a house fell on her could be she fell. <laughs> well, that could be too. Yeah. Um, you know, she'd been uh, she'd been in the Senate, I think, since Taft was in office. <laughs> she'd been there a long time. That's for sure. There's no question about that. And she should have retired over a decade ago. Well, she was going to retire after, yeah, I mean, this was going to be her last roundup, and she didn't quite make it to the finish line. No, I'm really starting to think there really needs to be age limits in our government. Yes, there were some people, I mean, I had a friend, was a patient, you know, from where my husband worked, and she died at 90. This woman didn't have one ounce of dementia, looked about 20, 30 years younger than she was, had bad lungs from smoking. But um, I'll tell you, she was a pistol. And not everybody ages poorly, but it seems that the ones in government, their minds go <laughs> first. Well- yeah, well, I mean, they're halfway there when they get elected, most of them. So, yeah, you know, I mean, it's true. Um, now, I wonder who gets all of the uh, in her will, 
who she left her insider trading tips to. <laughs> I don't know, but I do know Gavin, Gavin Newsom has promised not to pick the best person as the temporary replacement, but to pick a black woman because it checks the boxes. Go figure, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, like that was unexpected, right? You know, it's identity politics. And, you know, the, the people of California, as loony as they are out there, deserve better. I mean, they deserve the best person available for the spot. Well, it isn't, you know, uh, picking just because of someone's color is not the way to go. No. You know, picking on gender and color, you know, when those are your two criteria, you're, I mean, that's how we got Kamala Harris, for Christ's sake. No, we got Kamala Harris because Obama told Biden, you're picking Kamala Harris. Right, but remember, Biden came out of his basement at one point, saw his shadow, and said that his vice presidential pick was going to be a woman of color. Yeah. You know, obviously, because that's what Biden told him, or I mean, Obama told him. But, you know, I mean, that's you get stuck with somebody who's unqualified almost every time you do that. Now, I'm not saying there's not a black woman in California that might be, you know, qualified. But when, when that's your criteria, I mean, your criteria should be, we're going to pick the best person available. Right, right. Now, well, he's going to pick the most liberal, far-left, loon that he can find i guarantee it you know but that's all over the news today you know broke early uh today uh mid-morning and um you know everybody's speaking in glowing terms uh of her now i wonder how many funerals she's gonna have I was thinking before, are they going to lie her in state? I hope not. She doesn't deserve that. Oh, I guarantee you they'll put the carcass on display. I guarantee yes. it. You know, yeah, she'll be she'll be in the Capitol Rotunda because, well, you know, like I said, she'd been there since Taft was in office. So, <laughs> you know, they'll, yeah, and then, you know, there'll be uh, an official funeral probably in D.C., another one in San Francisco, and maybe two or three along the way. I, I don't know. I don't think so. For some reason, I think her family won't go for that. Just a feeling. Time will tell. But we've yeah. got other stuff we need to talk about. Let's start with the second GOP debate uh, that was held Wednesday night. Uh, you and I uh, took both took one for the team and watched it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there were there were interesting parts of it and then there were just plain stupid parts of it i think the stupidest thing i saw the whole night was nikki haley and tim scott arguing about curtains yeah well that was just ridiculous what haley was trying to do was show she's a strong woman and who can stand up to anybody but i think you know she needs to get off the attack mode not very good at it no no when you have to argue about curtains and then when she absolutely lied about the uh, fracking and the oil here in florida and desantis's part in it i mean she should have checked her facts before opening up her mouth yeah it, it came across to me as desperate Okay, she's yeah. she's desperate to be relevant. She's desperate to to get in a soundbite and, and take a swing at somebody who's polling above her. And um, but you guys have a little bit of a problem uh, when it comes to poking holes in the ground in Florida. Yeah, you dig down deep enough, you'll get water. Well, and you don't but- have to go very deep. No, about six to eight feet and you'll hit water. Not in all parts. We do have a few oil wells that don't 
produce much. What Governor DeSantis did uh, put a stop to was fracking off of Florida's coast, because what people have to understand is we do not have heavy industry here in Florida. That's why our air quality is always so good. There's nothing polluting the skies here. However, fracking could upset the tourist industry because there is some emissions from fracking that are given off and we are a tourist-based economy and we have to keep the ocean and the beaches as pristine as possible. So he put a stop and said no fracking, but he did not take away the fracking that she accused him of putting in place. We have been fracking and had those few oil oil uh, rigs for literally decades, since the 80s. So Haley needs to check her facts before she goes off on a tirade. Just as much as Tim Scott, who I lost a lot of respect for during this debate, I liked him. I thought of him even as a possible VP candidate. However, when he had to pull the race card, and attacked DeSantis on the uh, section in the um, uh, new written, basically, uh, text about slavery and everything. Right. There was a question about a certain line in there. Now, what Tim Scott seems to have forgotten is Ron DeSantis did not write this text. This text was written by a descendant of slaves, a black history professor wrote this particular line in question, not DeSantis. He just approved the entire book, if you will. Well, and, and go individual line by individual line. And he trusted and he did see it. He trusted what the professor wrote because he was a descendant of slaves and a well-known black professor. So who is Tim Scott to stand up there and blame it? You should have taken that line out and, and all this nonsense. Well, let me let me just throw something in here on this because I was as pissed off about it as you. Okay, mm-hmm. I wrote a whole article about yeah. that. And yeah. that line that, that, you know, everybody seems to be in an uproar about, to be in an uproar about it, you have to take it completely out of context. Exactly. Okay. The, the line, and I don't have it right in front of me, but the line basically says that uh, slaves learned um, trades. I'm, I'm paraphrasing here. Uh, they learned trades that were beneficial to them. When slavery ended. Now, what everybody's saying, Tim Scott included, and he should know better, but what everybody's saying is that the line says slaves benefited from slavery. Well, that's not what it says. says. Okay. And if you keep that line in context and you actually think about it for almost a half a second, you will realize that slaves did learn trades as slaves okay and they learned to read and write as well they they learned to read and write uh, they may have learned farming agriculture they may have learned um construction carpentry i mean i you know whatever whatever it was they learned when slavery ended if they had not learned those things as slaves They would have had absolutely zero skills when slavery ended. Therefore, some of the skills, not all, some of the skills learned by slaves during slavery actually benefited them when slavery ended. It's 100% true. And Tim Scott, he, he did something that I never thought I'd see from Tim Scott. When all was said and done for him, it was all about the color of his skin, 
I am so disappointed in that man. Martin Luther King said, you should be judged on the content of your character, not on the color of your skin. Well, Tim Scott made everything about the color of his skin. He got the facts wrong. He got the author wrong. He got the intent wrong. He got it 100% wrong. And if I was him, I think he owes Ron DeSantis an apology. Well, he does, but but he'll never give it to him. I mean, no, you know, I mean, the old adage, "All is fair in love and politics," but you know, the Tim Scott did have uh, a, a good line when when he came at Ramaswamy. Uh, Ramaswamy said, you know, I, I respect you know, there's good. Everybody up here on this stage is a good person. And Tim Scott said, said before Tim Scott pointed that out. Tim Scott said, well, you know, last time we were on this stage together, you said everybody was bought and paid for, which is it? <laughs> That's right. That was you know, a good line. That, that was a good line. But sometimes good lines are drowned out. Right. I'm just pointing out. Sheer. Uh, what Tim Scott did was everything was about race. Yeah. And that's not what this man was about. I know he's trying to win a nomination that he's never going to win. He right. can't get out of the single digits at all. And they're pretty low digits. Yeah. And it's too bad because, you know, I, I think he would be. Good, but you know the the problem is he, like Nikki Haley, is getting desperate. That they're pulling yeah. very low, and they're yeah. trying to take swings at the guy pulling well above them, and that's Ron DeSantis. Yeah, and yeah. and Ramaswamy, his time. A lot of the um, commentators are saying his time is really over. Yeah, he you. You close your eyes and you swear that's Obama at his first run for the presidency. He's got the mannerisms, the pointing of the finger, the big toothy smile, and well, and just nonsense spews well, out of his mouth. And, and when he speaks, the cadence is the same as Obama's. Exactly. Yeah, you can this tell man that he is studied. Not a Republican. No, you can tell he studied Obama and, and his speech patterns and his mannerisms. Mm-hmm. There is a video out there of Ramaswamy uh, as a high school valedictorian, and he was doing the same thing then as he's doing now. At that time, it was the time of Obama, so it right. would make perfect sense. That it, exactly. was his hero. But Obama's not a hero anymore. Now, let's you know, talk. He, he needs to turn it down. But you know who, before I get into who I think was the winner, I really, I'm sorry, folks, but I got a big kick out of um, Chris Christie. Oh, here we go. I think he had the best line of the night because here it is. Donald Trump has given names to Everybody that opposes him. We got to Sanctimonious. Uh, I forget what he called Nikki Haley. Um, You know, he calls everybody a stupid nickname. Well, you know something? Payback is fair game. And Chris Christie, who Trump has attacked, he's attacked his physical appearance. He's attacked his, his policies, whatever. When he called him Donald Duck because he ducked the second debate, come on, it was funny. Remember, this man calls himself the Donald, so now maybe he should be known as the Duck. <laughs> you know, I, let me let me just say this about Chris Christie: he needs to get out. Um, his his poll numbers are are horrible he's not pulling well um but if you go back to when he was the governor of new jersey he left office with like a nine percent approval rating yeah but you know what he's kind of i mean i 
Everybody knows who I support. I, I don't support him. But he's kind of, he's a pressure valve release when these people go to debate. Because he actually knows how to insert funny or snarky, if you will, comments that kind of tone down the tensions a little bit. He has no chance of getting the nomination. He has zero. No, he needs to step out. So does Doug Burgum. Doug Burgum's a nice guy, North Dakota governor, and he's a smart guy. But, Mm -hmm. I mean, what he's doing in this race is puzzling to me because He's, he doesn't have the kind of national uh, campaign machine that it's going to take to gain any momentum or traction. He was probably doing it either to get the eye of someone to be vice president or a cabinet position. But this isn't the way you should do it because you're not coming across well. He made some good points, but he's not coming across well, just like. The other one who should get out of the race, Mike Pence. Uh, yeah, Mike Pence, no business being there. Um, he's he's never going to break into double digits. No. Uh, he's not even going to get close to double digits. You know, Bergam, I, I think whoever, you know, if, if a Republican wins the White House, they ought to look at Doug Bergam maybe as a Secretary of Energy. You know what, Craig? I, I don't know if he's really ready for the national stage, that kind of position. But but, but that kind of position doesn't, it's not a policymaking deci- you know, right. uh, deal. But, you know, he comes from a part of the country. They do a lot of fracking. They do a lot of drilling. True. He gets it, okay, True. Uh, you know, when it comes to that. And, uh, you know, he'll push uh you know, drilling and, and becoming energy independent again. I mean, he, he would be good in a position like that. Yeah, he uh, might very well be. You know, uh, Mike Pence just needs to ride off into the sunset. Um, he, he, he's just, he's not a primetime player. He's just not. Well, part of the reason we're facing the problems we are today is because of Mike Pence. Because what people forget, you know, he keeps saying about, I was standing up for the Constitution and this and that. Trump did not ask him to fix the voting. He asked him to postpone it until the fraud could be investigated. That's all he asked him. Which is perfectly... he tried to make himself a hero... Yeah, I mean, what Trump asked him to do is perfectly legal, perfectly constitutional. Exactly. Exactly, yeah. and he didn't. He didn't want to do it. Nope. Um, I I didn't, and I have written about this many times, spoken about it on the show. I did not like him from day one. I had a feeling about this man. Something wasn't right about him. His altruism was all phony. He's. He's just a phony. He needs to go away. Guy is stiff as a board, too. I mean... Yeah, and he tried to make a joke about sleeping with his wife, who was a teacher. Please, Mike Pence, we already know you can't even have a business meeting with a woman. Because, God forbid, you know... Literally. He needs to just go away. Yeah. I mean, they need to... to, uh, lessen the load on the the debate stage. If they can get it down to four people on that stage, we could actually have a decent debate that wouldn't turn in to a shouting, yelling, bickering match where everybody's talking over the top of everybody else and you can't understand a damn word they're saying. Now, the civility and the not talking over everybody, that lasted all of five minutes in the debate. And then from there on out, Anybody who wanted to jump in and say anything at all was talking over the top of somebody else, and it was it was a, a clown show at that point. The only person, the only person who did not do that, was the one person on that stage who not only looked presidential but sounded presidential, and that was Ron DeSantis. He has um, by 
99 out of 100 of the top political commentators, he won that debate. I agree. He stayed on point. He laid out his policies, what he did for Florida, and how those um, steps that he took in Florida would work on a national level. He has plans in place already how to do certain things. Um, hands down, even though he you know, has been from day one my candidate of choice, he showed that night that he has the composure to do what needs to be done. And when he spoke about his military experience, I have been, Craig, you know, for years saying we need a president in his role as commander in chief, one who actually understands what it is to be in the military. Ron DeSantis served in Iraq. Okay, he is a man that does not have to hire like Trump did generals who screwed him all the way around and listen to people like that. He knows from personal experience, no, this policy isn't right. Let's go another way. We need somebody who can rebuild our military. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and I, give it back the honor it deserves. And I think Ron DeSantis won, you know, of the seven people that were on that stage, Ron DeSantis stood out above everybody else. Mm-hmm. Okay? The problem is the one guy that wasn't on the stage, you know, Trump, is you know, got such a commanding lead at this point. You know, I what what I would like to see is and and DeSantis brought this up in the yes. in the spin room with Hannity after the debate. He said he would like to do a one on one debate. With Donald Trump, and I think that would be fascinating. But Trump will never, ever no. do it. Trump does no. not have the the poise, the tenacity, the guts to go up against a JAG lawyer. He he just will not do it. The policies that DeSantis put into place in Florida went against. Trump, remember, during the whole COVID fiasco, he opened up our state against Trump's wishes. We flourished. We prospered. Our businesses stayed in operation while the country kept being locked down and more mandates and this and that and whatever. Trump will never have the guts to debate him. I agree. It's just my opinion. But that's not where I was going with that, but I agree. <laughs> okay. Um yeah, it's it's not going to happen. Um no. frankly, I think at this point I mean they're planning a third debate for October. Right. right? And as far as I'm concerned, it, unless they're going to pare it down to four people, they shouldn't even do it. Well, you know what, Craig? I would say pare it down to three people. Get rid of Bergam, get rid of Christie, get rid of Mike Pence. And I'm sorry to say, well, I'm not sorry to say, get rid of Raman, who I call Swami, because his name is just a tongue twister. Get rid of him. And I'm sorry to say this, but after showing his true identity basically tim scott is not going to go anywhere either i think it should be ron DeSantis and nikki haley up on that stage well uh, all i'm saying (laughs) i'm going to try to get this out here in the last 40 seconds all i'm saying is unless they pair it way down so we can have a decent debate and people aren't talking over each other the whole night long (laughs) And, and arguing about freaking curtains, okay, and, unless they can do that, these debates are going nowhere, and nobody is going to be swayed by them. Uh, the first debate had 12.5 million viewers. Wednesday night, they were down to about 9 million viewers, and unless they fix the problem of having too many people on stage that are going absolutely nowhere, then mm-hmm. the next debate isn't even going to be worth watching. 
And until we can get it down, until for somehow, and I don't see it happening. I agree with you, Diane. I don't see it happening. But unless we can get it down to a debate between Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump, I don't think another debate is worth even having at this point. DeSantis is clearly ahead of everybody else that's on the debate stage. Let's get it down to the two top candidates, DeSantis and Trump, and then we'll have something worth watching. Hey, I wish we uh, they would. Ron DeSantis would do it in a heartbeat. Donald Trump won't do it. I 100% agree. We've hit the bottom of the hour. That means the show is half over, folks. we got to take a break. But we've got more stuff to talk about when we come back. So stick around. There's more on Right Side Patriots after this. You're listening to Right Side Patriots Radio, the best in conservative commentary, news, and talk, where we do away with the politically correct nonsense and give you the politically direct truth. This is the home of Right Side Patriots every Tuesday and Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern with Craig Andreessen and Diane Sori. We're working to make this country great again from the right and leaving puddles of melted snowflakes on the left. Thanks for listening to Right Side Patriots, your best bet on the Internet. You're listening to RSPRadio1.com. Hi guys, Diane Sorry from The Patriot Factor on thepatriotfactor.blogspot.com, where I found a home base seven years ago after becoming one of Facebook's long-time Facebook felons, or so I've been told by the Facebook gods. On my blog, you will find not only my articles, but our Right Side Patriots investigative reports, as well as stories and links to and from well-known writers and bloggers, plus what I call almost daily memes, my snarky take on news of the day. And for more great takes on the issues of the day, check out the National Patriot at thenationalpatriot.com, where you can read Craig's insight into all the current news happenings. And join us both on Right Side Patriots every Tuesday and Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. EST at rspradio1.com. Welcome back to Right Side Patriots on rspradio1.com. Craig Andreessen at the National Patriot, Diane Sori at the Patriot Factor. Getting you through the Friday night edition of the show. And if you miss any part of it, go to rspradio1.com tomorrow morning. Click the podcast button and have yourselves a great weekend listening, binge listening to Right Side Patriots. Oh, if that doesn't make your day, I don't know. What, well, I'm saying <laughs> not facetiously, folks. <laughs> so they had the, uh, the first Biden impeachment inquiry hearing. Um, mm-hmm. And it was interesting. There was a lot of procedural stuff in it. Um, Not quite the fireworks that I think a lot of people were expecting. It was pretty much what I was expecting. Um, But but the interesting stuff uh, with it is that we got more information, more documents uh, the day, the morning of the hearing uh, than we had before. Yeah, but it kind of, uh, in all honesty, backfired on the GOP because there were three people that they wanted called as witnesses who did not witness, basically, or they did not speak. And, uh, you know, the ones that are the outside um talking heads, I guess, who report on this, felt that the presenters did not have enough evidence to impeach Biden. Now, we all know that they did, but without the witnesses, and and I don't mean witness, you know, they write something in a testimony and hand it in. Without those people actually being there, it really took the sales out of the uh, 
well, wind of this whole impeachment. You know, this was never meant, and I wrote an article on it, this was never meant mm-hmm. to go to the Senate, uh, and, and therefore there, there will no, be no actual impeachment in the House. Uh, this is meant for the court of public opinion, and this was only the first uh, of, of what's going to be several hearings. It's interesting, though, that we got these documents where uh, in, in one set of documents, you've got uh, emails going back and forth between Hunter and Jim Biden, right? Mm-hmm. Talking about enlisting Joe Biden's help in a business deal as business as usual, you know, right. getting getting Joe to help as usual, and you know we're gonna we're gonna need to bring him in and do this. The other one was that Hunter got a wire transfer, two actually two wire transfers from China, one for ten thousand dollars, and the right. other for two hundred fifty thousand dollars, and those wire transfers. The hunter were sent to Joe's house. Joe's house right. in Delaware was listed as the place to send. Now, you know, Joe, you know, I, I never did business with my son. I never talked to my son about business. Don't have any idea what my son's business was. But yet, the money is coming to Joe's house? Yeah. Well, not only that, there was one piece of evidence. It was a 2018 text message exchanged between Hunter Biden and Jim Biden, in which it was claimed that he indicated that the president benefited from fraud and money laundering allegedly committed by Hunter's businesses. And the actual wording was, this can work. You need a safe harbor. I can work with your father alone. We, as usual, just need several months to help for this to work. These dealings were going back and forth. There are plenty of documents in the form of emails that show this stuff was going on. But unless the people who wrote it are willing to stand up, grow a backbone, and get up there on the witness stand and say, this happened, this happened, this happened, here's my proof, this is going nowhere. And what my opinion about this whole nonsense is, this is a dog and pony show. This is the Republicans' response to what the Democrats did to Trump. And the reason I say this is like you said, this is not going to go to the Senate. They're trying, like you said also, to try this in the court of public opinion. The problem is, the court of public opinion, except for, you know, people like us that really delve into this stuff, they don't care. They have more important things to care about, the economy, the price of gas, what's happening to their children in the schools. I mean, there were more important issues that they, that the general public is concerned about. Yeah, like who shot Tupac? <laughs> this is, in my opinion, this whole impeachment thing is a waste of time, it's a waste of money, it's a waste of energy, because nothing is going to come of it. What they should have been spending their time on their money, their time, their resources, everything on was fixing the voting system in this country, the voting integrity, doing things to assure a fair election. That's where the money would have really done some good. That's where the time would have done some good. And the Republicans would have actually grown a spine by doing it. And respect from the public by doing it, by the 74 million of us who know the election was stolen, they would have gained back a monicum of respect. I, I, I agree with you, Diane, and I'm sure the money could have been better spent on the things you just talked about 
But I swear to God, until every shrimp in the free world has its own treadmill, they're not going to spend money on something that really matters. No, they're not. They're not going to. And this this is what's wrong with our government, guys. Here it is. We have a voting system that, in my opinion, is corrupt from top to bottom. We're using machines that are questionable. The poll workers are in cahoots with this person, that person, whatever. And this is all my opinion. We need to fix this. We cannot have months of early voting. We cannot have people registering the day of voting and voting. We must have voter IDs with photographs. There's so many things that could have been done with this kind of money. We know Biden is guilty, as well as we also know with the Democrats controlling the House, this is going nowhere. So why are they doing it? The people that they're playing to, the court of public opinion, they're not worried about this anymore. They know as well as we do that Biden and Hunter are scum, that they belong in prison. They say it, minute, I'm worried about where food's going to come next, how I'm going to pay my rent, the price of gas is going up again. That's what they're worried about, not this. Well, let me, let me just throw the flip side of the coin out there. Mm-hmm. There, will, there will always be things like that. The, the economy will also always be uh, a top priority. Foreign affairs will always be a top priority. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, I can go down the list. Now, in the future, and I don't care what party uh, the sitting president is from, but if there's the kind of malfeasance that we're seeing and that's readily evident with Joe Biden, the type of corruption, the, the, you know, the fact that he's compromised in several different countries that hate us, okay? When, when we see that kind of thing that's going on, should we not try to, to investigate it because there are other things that are more important? I mean, you know, I, I'm just I'm playing devil's advocate here. I understand that there are things right now that are a lot more important, but there will always be things that are more important. So do we just give a free pass to the corruption and never investigate it? No, we can investigate it. There, There is nothing wrong with investigating it, but you don't have to make it into a freak show. This is our version of getting even for Trump. Do your investigations. Absolutely do them. Get your proof all lined up. Get your witnesses all lined up. But don't go in half-assed like here with witnesses that won't talk, evidence that even conservative constitutional attorneys are saying don't hold water. I mean, you're, you're wasting resources, time, and energy when you really need to be focused on these voting irregularities. That's where a backbone is needed. Well, given the fact that the backbone isn't there, and given the fact that they're not going to do anything about the voting irregularities, I mean, they got to be doing something, and this is all part of the investigation. I mean, I I never thought this was going to go to a full impeachment. It'll never be presented in the Senate because it'll die in right. the Senate. Um, this is meant to get the, the information out there. I guarantee you, it's just like a, I wrote in the article a few weeks ago. They're going to slow walk this. This is going to take place over several months. And they're, and they're going to be spending millions and millions and millions of our taxpayer dollars on a thing that's going nowhere. Yep. But shrimp on a treadmill don't go anywhere either, and I'd rather spend it on this than that. I think it's a waste of time, energy, and money. Get the information out. Yeah, but to do that, they've got to investigate it. So that's going to cost money. Have Jim Jordan write up something with all the facts, all the evidence, publish it, present it to the public, 
and do it that way. This is protocol, so, I mean, it is what it is. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what comes next because there's going to be more of these inquiry hearings. Uh, there's going to be more stuff, more documents, more text messages, more emails, more bank records. Um, and I think, honestly, I think if you really want to get the, all the dirt there is and get it out there, you need to find and depose the uh, the people that were running the books for the Bidens. You need the accountants. You need the people that uh, were shuffling the money around in these 23 different shell LLCs, um, you know, and whether or not you can even find those people, it, it's yeah, anybody's guess at this point. But it's, I, I think in future hearings, we're going to get more information than we got in the first one. The first one was basically starting the ball rolling. Just have to wait and see what the future uh, of these hearings becomes. But you're talking about spending money and wasting money and doing this and that. That all comes to a halt tomorrow, at least for a while. <laughs> I I say shut the government down. Seriously, well, the things that are important, except there's one thing that I I really pissed about. People who need their their medic uh, their social security checks will still get their checks. People who need you know Medicare and Medicaid they will still be serviced. What gets me angry though about shutting down the government is that our military doesn't get paid. That should go along with the other things as exceptions because without our military you know we're open to to God only knows what. So you've got to keep certain things open. But the other stuff, shut it down. Well, and they're going to because they had last-ditch effort today to put through a stopgap spending bill. And right. uh, 21 uh, Republicans in the House said nope. And um, that, that took care of that. Uh, there's no way they're going to come up with something tonight, even though I think they're in meetings right now, but it's not going to go anywhere tonight. So tomorrow is the last day the government will operate, uh, at, at least until they come up with something. Now I understand what these 21 Republicans, uh, and they're being led by Matt Gates. We talked about this mm -hmm. on Tuesday night. And I yeah. understand what they want. They don't want a stopgap thing. They want an actual spending bill. And, and the right. American people deserve though, that because, you know, and, unless we know how the money is being spent, if they do these stopgap measures all the time, nobody's paying attention to how anything's being spent. I got a better idea. Isn't it funny that it's called a spending bill? Why don't they start calling it a saving bill? Save us money instead of constantly spending money that you really don't have. Yeah, but you got to understand how Washington works. Okay, oh, Washington's, I know damn well how it works. Washington's idea of saving us money is not increasing the spending quite as much as they plan to anyway. Right. At the same time, increasing the national debt. They should start I mean, calling things. We got to find ways to cut Right. The spending. We now, spend on garbage here. Let's say, just, just to pick numbers that everybody can understand, let's just say the government spends $5 this year. <laughs> okay. Next year, they're talking about spending $10. They will say they <laughs> cut spending if they only spend $9. That's the yeah. way government cuts spending. Instead sure, of doubling it, they just take you know, $1 out. And they say, well, look, we saved you that much. You know, it's yeah. it's ridiculous. You yeah. know, and well, I'll tell you what, one of the things that's got to stop, and I don't see any way to make it stop, is all this earmark spending. Every, every congressman, every senator sticks in all this stuff for their own district. And, you know, pretty soon you got a bloated bill that means nothing. 
Yeah. You know, you're building bridges to nowhere, and you're you're funding uh, drag queen story hour in Zimbabwe. You know, I mean, you know, we need to get a grip on that kind of stuff. You know, I mentioned it before: treadmills for shrimps. You know, yeah. there's, there's no, no reason be, for this. What our government money should be spent on is. We, the people, we should dictate how our monies are spent. And that's part of the problem. These, these people in Congress, all of it, who are becoming millionaires just because they're in Congress, they're, they're deciding basically how to spend the monies that we put into the government through our taxes. I think we should have a say in how it's spent. Absolutely. It would be a novel idea. I know they'd never allow it, but it would be a novel idea. Another novel idea would be a balanced budget. That I'm not that concerned about because remember one thing, budgeting is uh, paper shifting numbers around. Numbers can always be shifted. Yeah, that doesn't work on my bank account. But a balanced budget is not necessary. It's because it's number shifting. We can we can balance the budget right now if we wanted to by just shifting certain numbers, funneling money into one area, taking it out of another, then putting money in from something else. No, the about the whole idea of a balanced budget. it, It sounds nice, but it it's not necessary. What's more necessary is putting the monies that are spent in the proper places. There should be no this drag queen story hour spending and shrimp on treadmills. No, that's just a waste of money. What I said. Right. I I just said another novel approach would be a balanced budget. That's all. You know, no, I mean, a balanced the, budget is not necessary. Okay, but the problem with these stopgap spending measures is that it, over and over and over again, you know, when we do these stopgap things, we do them two or three times a year. Mm-hmm. Okay, every time we do it, it gives members of Congress yet another opportunity to waste more money and spend it on stupid crap. Okay, but if we do like the the 21 GOP members of the House who stood up and said, we're not going to do this again. If we we do it the way they want to do it with a flat out spending bill, then everything the senators want to try and sneak in that's just but stupid money. They have to be upfront about it. They can't they can't hide it and do it two or three or four times a year. You know, and, and so they're right to, to insist on it because if if we keep going with these stopgap things, nobody is paying attention to how much earmarks and how much waste and everything is going into the spending packages. It, it becomes a free-for-all with the stopgaps. There should be nothing in the spending packages that are not advantageous to we, the people. Right. Anything that does not involve we the people needs to be eliminated plain and simple yeah you know, and they're again they're trying to uh, stick in there several billion i think 6 or 7 billion dollars more for ukraine without mm-hmm. any oversight right okay and and that's the problem there you know we've given them 70 somewhere between 76 and 80 billion dollars we keep mm-hmm. writing blank checks, and, and we're not paying any attention to how that money is being spent once it gets into the hands of Ukraine. you know. And now we're finding out that part of it is being spent on knitting classes for people making sweaters. I mean... I, I, I don't know about that. I've, I've heard true. all sorts of ridiculous things. Um the problem with Ukraine is Biden promised Zelensky fighter jets at the beginning of the war. He has yet to deliver them. 
Right. If those fighter jets had been delivered, chances are this war would have already been over. Exactly. So let's put the blame where it belongs on Biden. Right. But what I'm saying, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying we're, we're giving them money. We're not paying any attention to what they're using it for. There's no accountability. There's no oversight on how the, the tens of billions of dollars that we've already given them has been used. And yet we, we weren't in, in this spending bill. They want to write another $6 billion check without oversight. You know, if no, we're going to spend be. money, we got to have oversight. We need to close the purse strings for a while until we get a grip on this whole um, Ukraine situation. We cannot turn our backs on people fighting for freedom because we are supposedly champions of freedom. So you've got to temper what you're going to do. If you're going to give money, they have to be held accountable. Tell us where that money is going. Well, But then again... Europe needs to start spending a little bit more money than they already are. They got to step up. Yes. You know, and and I I understand that a lot of the money we're giving to Ukraine is in the form and use your air quotes here in the form of loans. Okay, but if you think they're going to pay that money back, you're you're living in a fantasy world. Well, we yeah, loan money to all these different countries. We never see a dime of it back. Well, we owe a lot of money to China. We don't pay them back either. Well, yeah, well, China's stealing. <laughs> Forget plenty, about that. China's stealing plenty of stuff. They're they're stealing our our trade secrets. They're stealing our intellectual property. They're uh, stealing our military uh, technology. Mm-hmm. You know, they're getting they're paid back. Stealing. We're just not right. Biden has check. allowed them to do it. Everybody's allowed them to do it. You know, not and, here in Florida. DeSantis said uh, no Chinese. I'm, I'm talking about I'm talking about the CCP. federal government. I'm not talking about Ron DeSantis. I'm not talking about Florida. I'm talking about the federal government. There's a long history of letting places like China get away with this crap. And on a federal level, okay, and that's got to stop. But I don't see anybody stepping up in in what they they all talk a good game. I don't see anybody doing anything. No, and they're not gonna. Exactly, <laughs> they're not gonna. Um, it, it's just it, you know when when you start looking at how the money is spent and and who's getting the money and why and and. You know, the minute you go looking for oversight, everybody heads for the hills because nobody wants to talk about how it's being spent. No. No. When you look, we're in a bad situation now, no matter which way you twist it. We're we're just in a bad situation. And people, if we don't get this election right, we're gonna lose twenty twenty eight also. That's right. So people need to really start thinking the right way. Get your head out of certain people's, you know, backsides. (laughs) Start thinking the right way, who the best person is to really run this country. I've got a perfect ticket in my head, DeSantis and Haley. It it would be uh, interesting. It, that would be an interesting ticket. Yes. She's yeah. a foreign policy expert, and he damn well knows how to handle an economy. Florida is one of the few states we're in the black. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, it's it's going to get more interesting the closer we get. But tomorrow is the last day for funding the government until they can figure this out. Yep. And, you know, I I just want to hear the door slam shut. Obviously, they're going to blame the Republicans for it. And the Republicans need to come up with a strategy of how to explain this to the American people so it makes sense. It makes sense to you and I, okay? But they're going to have to step up and say, look, we're not going to cut blank checks anymore. 
We're, we're going to try and get a handle on all the earmarks. We, we want a budget, not a stopgap budget. They're going to have to sell it to the American people. I don't think they're going to be able to. I don't think so either. We're going to get blamed for it. But I say go ahead, shut it down. Yeah, shut yeah. it down. But when it everything is well settled, the dust is settled, they need to make provisions just like, you know, Medicare and Social Security checks still go out. Right. We have to pay our military. Yep. That's a disgrace. That is. But, Diane, you and I have run out of time for the show tonight. Okay, so with that, I will say nighty-night, folks. Have yourselves a great weekend. We'll catch up with you again on Tuesday. Government shutdown will be in effect. Bye-bye. <laughs>